0: You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, SexyMarriage.net. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen.
1: Straight from iTunes This is a marriage changing resource Is the title of this review I've been listening for a couple years And recently my wife and I started listening together We now talk openly about our sex life Something we rarely did in the past And we enjoy sex together like we did When we were first married This is a great podcast and I appreciate how Corey Pam and their guests tackle tough, uncomfortable topics By the way really enjoy hearing Pam's perspective
0: Thank you so much
1: I enjoy hearing Pam's perspective too.
0: <laughs> I'm glad they're sh- they're talking about this stuff together. I mean, when you when you listen together and can have that open dialogue, I think that's the key more than anything. If people start having an open dialogue together, that that's what starts changing things.
1: It really does, and that's one of the things that Sexy Marriage Radio has always tried to do is help frame conversations and not be moral authorities of things, but actually just kind of give different ways to look at it or examine or explore and then bring that to your relationship to decide what do I do with this and how do we go forward in tackling our issues? Because as as Sexy Marriage Radio has evolved recently with the two different versions and us answering your voicemails and your emails more specifically, um, what we can offer as advice and thoughts for specific context doesn't always apply to everybody because everybody's unique and everybody's different. But the concepts can be. Mm -hmm. And on that note, if you have something specific you want us to address, 214-702-9565 is how you call and leave us a message. Um, Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com is how you email us and leave us uh, any kind of question or thought that you've got going on that you want us to address. And... One of the things we love to have our the Sexy Marriage Nation do is, if you like what we're doing, jump on iTunes and subscribe, rate and review us. If you do do the same on Spotify, iHeartRadio, however you choose to find us, i got to say thank you for finding us Yeah, every week that you do. And with the change that we've had with going back to once a week, mm-hmm. we have two different versions of the show where yeah. we have the regular option and then the extended version. And the extended version initially came out and we were just going to Make this for the academy members because the academy members are the sexiest people on the face of the planet.
0: They are super sexy, as
1: well as sexy imagination is right there in the sexiness category. But one of the things that we had come back to us was this question of, "Hey, is there any way I can get the extended content and not, you know, for for a cheaper rate than the academy?"
0: Yeah, because we understand that some are just going to be podcast listeners and some are going to want more out of what the Academy offers. So So, thanks for the feedback on that.
1: Absolutely. And now uh, we've heard the feedback and we've come up with a solution.
0: What is your solution?
1: So now there's two different tiers, if you will, of the Academy. Okay. One is you can now join uh, the Academy just at the extended version level only, where all you're going to get is the extended content. Each week, you'll get the extended show. You don't get access to the additional content in the academy. Okay. You only get the additional show content, and that's eight bucks a month.
0: Okay, that's right in line with the, what others are doing. Netflix now. and yep.
1: all the other stuff that's out there. I think that fits. It's great content that you'll get twice the show, basically. Yeah. The other option is you can go all the way. Okay. Which is joining the academy on the full access, and that gets you the extended content. That gets you the monthly coaching call. That gets you. The month of virtual hangout, that gets you the private chat, that gets you a lot of access to us Okay. and the Sexy Marriage Empire, which is all the people that work with with Sexy Marriage Radio. And the coolest thing about this is, this now is only $19 a month.
0: Okay, so you're even lowering the rate on the Academy than what it was before.
1: We want to offer more assistance to people and uh, remove the hurdles that are often in the way.
0: Okay, that's good. I like it.
1: Well, on that note, um, we've had a couple different emails that have come through recently that uh, we need to address because uh, it's been a it's been a common trend. But I jumped the gun real quick because I do need to let everybody know that uh, on the day's regular episode, what's coming up is lots of your questions, some of our answers, as well as I have a second opinion of a colleague that's joined to answer one of the questions. Okay. And if you want to join us on the extended version, which is deeper and about twice as long, and who doesn't want to go deeper and longer with this subject? Didn't. <laughs> and you can subscribe at sexymarriage.net. Uh, you can listen to the whole conversation I have with Dr. Julie Slattery on the whole concept of fantasy, as well as a little bit more content and framing the discussion that can help you. Great. So here's the questions that have come in. Um, There's been three emails just within the past probably two weeks, three weeks, that have brought up, I'm not sexually attracted to my spouse.
0: Okay, that's a big one. And to have three in just two weeks, you know, there's a lot of other people out there with the same issue.
1: Exactly. And the interesting thing is, it's been from wives and from a husband. And so let's just frame it. With Here's here's one of the emails that said, Is it possible to become sexually attracted to somebody? I feel that I'm not sexually attracted to my husband at all, and I feel terrible about this. I keep having sexual dreams about exes or other men that I've pursued in the past, and that really turns me on, whereas my husband has never really given me this feeling. He's a handsome man, objectively speaking, and I don't know where to go from here. Love you and thank you for the show. And then the other email that's come through is... He's wondering, this is from the husband, writing about a topic that I'm not sure a lot of men deal with, and how do I overcome it? I love my wife very much, and I do think she's beautiful, but her body doesn't really turn me on visually like it did when, we, when she was younger pre-children. This feeling I have makes me feel pretty shallow. So how do I get past remembering her body at age 18, 19, or 20, and to get to where I can appreciate her for who, how she is now? I'm the higher desire partner, but that desire has even waned over the years as life has become more to keep up with. I'm not sure if it's worth mentioning, but I'm not supplementing with porn or masturbation either. It's just, is this something that just comes with age? I'm in my early forties.
0: So I'm seeing a distinction between the two here and tell me if I'm just reading between lines where I shouldn't. The the guy seems to be losing um, an attraction because of the physical look, you know, after maybe the the way the body's changing after right. pregnancy and things, her comment is more about, she says he's attractive, objectively. Right. But she's not attracted to him, which would be maybe potentially outside of the what does he look like. It's more on a, a mental or... Well, I, it, it's it seems to be something other than maybe a physical.
1: Okay, and there's thing. there's more dynamics to that that we need to explore. Okay, but what I think you also might be picking up on is the husband's email talks about there was once attraction, now it's waned as life has happened and child rearing has happened. Oh, good and point. Age has happened that there was attraction. Yeah, from the two wives because we didn't read the other email that came through, but they were both of the the bent of I don't know if there ever was attraction because it's not ever talked about what once we were and now it's gone it's not ever alluded to that overtly
0: that's interesting I, I guess I would think that you
1: well there's a lot of different factors on why people yeah. can choose to marry that's because true. they're stable they have a good job they'll treat you well they're kind
0: how they treat they're
1: respectful yeah,
0: yeah the way you treat someone is huge that's what we Always tell our kids how do they treat other people. Yep, and so the
1: price of admission, being I'm not really sexually attracted to you, still means enough that hey, the rest of it's worth it to me yeah. because it gets me out of whatever condition I'm in or what you know. There's a lot of different factors on why we choose to stay with people or why we choose people, and physical physical attraction, sexual attraction, isn't the only factor.
0: Uh, well, let's hope it's not because that that piece would be uh, pretty shallow and short lived. I would. I would think, because you could be physically attracted to anybody.
1: Right. So we need to parse this out into two different perspectives, because I think the thoughts going to the husband is going to be slightly different than the thoughts going towards the wife, at least from our perspective. So. One, from a a global perspective for the entirety of of everybody that's in this kind of a boat or has experienced it or does at some point experience this, you need to realize this is a defining moment of the marriage, of the relationship, of your life, that this is a big deal. It's not something that just, hey, let's just act like it's not there and hope it comes back, Mm -hmm. that it is something that's worth exploring and examining. And a lot of this is soul searching of self, not necessarily relationship yet. Okay. Secondarily, is you have to ask yourself how important is sex and physical attraction to you? How how much does it matter? Yeah. Can you can you still be in part a part of a vibrant relationship and still see good out of things and still even have sex and have that be good without the without that component of physical attraction?
0: Or in his case, just a a potentially a waning. Right, Because you know she she probably has at, at what point do you come in and say something to this spa- back- in that scenario where it's a body changing right. and we don't I mean, there's all kinds of scenarios going on in the in this gentleman's right. uh, situation because sometimes you have a a wife that is working really hard. To get the body back where it was, sometimes the body's just not cooperating. It is so hard to get that weight off. Right, and then on the far extreme, you've got someone who's just not attempting at all. To right, they to just have let make.
1: themselves go. Quote unquote. And
0: I would think that that would be more of a it, part of that's a physical issue. Part of that's. A lot more than a physical issue, because Mm -hmm. if they're not even trying, that means that means a lot of other things to the marriage.
1: Yeah, that's a they no longer conduct themselves in manners that are respectable and attractive, and it's not about how they physically look. Yeah, it's about how they've become sloth like or disrespectful of things, or you know, they've they've kind of given up on themselves and their own integrity. Yeah. In some regards I don't if, want to
0: go to that stre- extreme necessarily on the conversation but okay. we got to, I think we have to recognize factor. that there there are there are both extremes you could have a wife that's working so hard to try right. and get her body where she wants it where she feels good about what her body is and it's, right. it's just hard work
1: so the the question I have for the husband is um, is this a lack of love or is it a lack of lust because there's a difference.
0: Sure, there is
1: because a lot of times when I'm comparing my wife's body to who she was when we first got married, I'm stacking the deck considerably not in either of our favors.
0: Yeah, you're gonna ha- you're gonna have some disappointment, and she's trying to live up to a, something that potentially you can't get back to.
1: Right, and and so I have to start to look at: Am I just looking for? the lustful feelings that came with the new relationship and the young youth vibrancy that we had back then when we both looked different? Or do I see this as it's not really a lack of love, you know, it's because I love the relationship we've got, I love the journey, and what helps a lot of men, and this is what's helped me to look at this, is... I see my wife's body as I have been a part of that journey, and as it's evolved, I've been a part of all of that. I mean, the children that came from your wife's body, you helped be a part of. Yeah. You were a collaborator with that. And so how do you see that comes with the territory of, wait— that's the essence of who she is and has become, not just what she once was, and I wish I had that. Yeah. Because you see the beautiful nature of what child-rearing is and what doing life together is, and that's where he talks about, I would answer his question of the the desire does wane over the years as life becomes more and more to keep up with, and when you're in your 40s, sometimes then libido does alter slightly, mm-hmm. because stress is a big libido killer for men. So, And then that's why if you look at today's society, more and more of the commercials that are happening are on testosterone boosts, get all natural testosterone, because when you're in your 30s and 40s, you're going to have to have it. And they're not wrong in the fact that that does happen, but jumping to the quick fixes, getting more testosterone doesn't necessarily solve an issue that could be a bigger story, but it is part of, hey, it does shift. We're not 18, 19, 20 anymore. So interests do wane. Desire wanes. It's just a natural factor.
0: But as you as as we get older and we mature, become a little more wise, I not doesn't, doesn't that play into it too, where hopefully more than just a physical factor, it starts playing into the attraction piece in that I see your wisdom. I see the beauty of, um, there's times when it's, oh man, I see the beauty of how you parent (laughs) or the beauty, or I appreciate things more.
1: That's um, the whole picture of the person, not just their not just their physical.
0: Yeah, I appreciate more the roles that each of us play where there may be something at a younger age that I that I took for granted that now I don't take for granted anymore and that can become more of an attraction to me than what it was before because I it, it's just this appreciation for life and yeah. appreciation for the camaraderie and the team that we are.
1: And the other thing that comes to my mind, and this is the last thing for the husband that I think of, is how do you start to view this as, okay, wait, do you want a 18, 19, 20-year-old naive, doesn't really know who she is and what comes with that? Because the body is a component of that, but the the underneath that body is an immature woman versus a woman in her forties that's gone through life, that's raised some kids, and has and has done jobs and failed at things and struggled and, and
0: succeeded and at succeeded
1: things. at things, and has lost weight and has gained weight and has gotten fit and gotten unfit, and, you know, and just has done life and knows more who she is. I don't know about you, I want I want a woman like that in my bed with me because she knows more who she is. And I get to share that, not just her body.
0: It's called seasoning.
1: (laughs) I like it. I like the idea because she knows who she is and she knows who she's not. And the more she lives like that, that's more than just physical. Yeah. That's a, this is me, and I present me and I use me well. Yeah. So the other side of the spectrum for the wife or the wives who are not physically attracted to their husbands. This is this is the tough question because it's the same kind of stuff of is is it just love or lust? Can you have sex with somebody you're not physically attracted to? Can you be emotionally attracted to them, mentally attracted to them, spiritually attracted to them, and that's enough? Does that can that be wired in to where it starts to boost some attraction? Mm-hmm. It's also the manners of okay, they could look good physically, but are they slovenly? Are they you know, they sloppy and lazy, and
0: uh, yeah, oafs it's the whole and, you know yeah, the same kind of
1: thing. It's that, a
0: perspect- It's the yeah, spectrum. Of- they
1: look good, but they are they aren't good to be around. That's a different component. Um, then the other is you have to ask yourself. I mean, the reality is: is it worth what? What? What I'm facing is. Is it worth ending a relationship over something like this or not?
0: Right. And, uh, you know, I don't get the feeling here that she's even asking, either. even even pointing into an ending. Yep. I don't know that.
1: But that it is a reality to Okay, to at least have to examine, hold on, what role does this play in my life? What aspect of my marriage does this need to play?
0: I hear her just asking, I, I want to get that next step. I want to get more out of... My relationship, I would love to also have this. Okay. I would love to also have that physical attraction. Yep. And I just don't see how you force that.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can force it. So this is where it comes down to, one, you be honest with yourself and then with your, with your spouse.
0: Really? You tell them that I'm not attracted to you physically?
1: Not right off the bat. But at some point, you don't think he's picking up on that?
0: Well, he may pick up on it and just not know what it is. Right. It's something else, and he knows something's not We can't hide
1: who we are in marriage. So that's creating a marital dynamic that we're better off by taking the courageous step of confronting it.
0: And saying, here's what I'm working on.
1: Yep. Here's here's what I'm facing. Here's what I can't figure out. Here's what's going on. Here's the issue. And then the next logical step for that is you get into a therapist's office. You get online with me. Mm -hmm. And let's work through that together. That's why I have a job in some regards is dealing with this because that's as unique as each individual on how do you find paths to it and through it. Then the other question, the way I boil this whole thing down is you focus on respect between each other and yourself, Mm -hmm. self-respect. You focus on the affection between you because that's your path forward of, Hey, look, I'm not as sexually attracted to you, but I am, I'm into you. Well, it's not a big leap To up some affection, up some romance, up up my game, sure, and that could bring about better sexual attraction. Uh,
0: Yeah, I totally
1: agree. Because it just biologically speaking, we have a lot of different things we're attracted to, but when we get to know it, we may not. We may find out, whoa, that was shallow. I need to move on, or some things I wasn't as attracted to, but when I get to know them, I'm like, I kind of dig this relationship with you, and I don't even mean sexual. I just mean Relational. Yeah. So it's seeing that to me, this is all about solidness of the whole person, looking at the whole package of the person. It's not just physical, it's who are they emotionally, spiritually, mentally, too?
0: Yeah.
1: Who are they in every aspect of their life? And at the same time, who are you? Are you living that kind of thing to invite it? Joining me for a second opinion on Sexy Marriage Radio today is Dr. Julie Slattery, a clinical psychologist, author, and speaker, and also the president and co-founder of Authentic Intimacy. Well, Dr. Julie, thank you for joining us in the Sexy Marriage Nation and the show. Glad to be with you. Thanks for having me. You have, one of your books is Pulling Back the Shades, which is the idea mm-hmm. of, of fantasy, and, and you were kind of diving into that. What, what spurred that on? And then I'm curious... Of a second opinion for a, a caller from the Sexy Marriage Nation. I'd love to have your take on, on the call. But I want to get first the foundation for what helped you, what, what made that book come to be.
2: Well, at the time, yeah, I just recently pretty much devoted myself full time to dealing with sexual issues with women. And so Fifty Shades of Grey, obviously, it was right. hard to ignore. Right. It was everywhere. And uh, finding that women of all ages and all faith backgrounds, married, single, were reading this. For some, it was like, yeah, I read it. Not much, you know. But for others, they were saying this really impacted my marriage this way or now I'm addicted to romance novels and now I'm getting into porn. And so it's like, okay, we've got to address this right. um, because it's becoming a wave that is changing the way women view sexuality. Is that good or is it bad? Uh, So that's sort of what pulled me into it. And um, yeah, I read the three books and uh, I know what's in them. And I have (laughs) a a good idea of how it's been impacting women in marriages and men. Okay. So even even though it came out, you know, five, six years ago, I think its impact is still being felt.
1: Absolutely. So what is your take on the role fantasy plays in life?
2: Well, um, the role fantasy plays is it's an escape. Okay. So, um, you know, we have all kinds of fantasy in our culture. Um, we have video games that are fantasy. We have movies like Star Wars that mm-hmm. is fantasy, science fiction, um, you know, even religious literature like some of C.S. Lewis, you mm-hmm. know, Narnia, that's yep. fantasy. Yep. And so I think when we, when we use the term fantasy, we've got to recognize that there's all kinds of fantasy and some of it is really good because it invites an escape and invites our imagination uh, to be more active and uh, to use symbolism and metaphor. And so there's some really rich things about fantasy. Uh, but when fantasy becomes bad, well, let's, let's go back up for a minute and say, we've got to distinguish between what is fiction and what is fantasy. Okay. 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 So Good
1: distinction. I like that. Yeah.
2: So fiction is something that didn't happen that could possibly happen. Okay. And um, so, you know, you read a Jodi Peacock novel and it's a fictional novel, but you're like, yeah, this, this is very feasible. This story could happen in real life. Fantasy is a fictional story that breaks certain laws. Okay. So we don't have Wookiees walking around. <laughs> we don't have robots, you know, like R2D2, uh, we're taking leaps of what's okay. possible okay. in in fantasy, and so when we look at sexual fantasy, we've got to recognize that uh, that what we're inviting our minds to do is to break some laws of what's possible. Okay, uh, and so Fifty Shades of Grey breaks a lot of laws of what's possible. Okay, uh, like you're not going to find a 26 year old billionaire that's in great shape and has a red room of pain. And, you know, basically beats women, but also is sensitive and loving. That just doesn't exist.
1: Right. That's the paradigm that doesn't line line up well.
2: Right. So when fantasy becomes dangerous is recognizing that we are breaking particularly moral laws in the sexual realm. Okay. And pretending that they have no consequences. Okay. Uh, And so the same thing with pornography. You know, when you really get into some of the fantasy of pornography, you begin believing that I can sleep with a hundred different people and it's going to make my life better. Right. I'm not going to get an STD. Um, yeah. That's no I'm not consequence a, that'll happen. Yeah. Right. That's fantasy. Right. Uh, and so when we talk about sexuality and fantasy, we've got to recognize that we're convincing ourselves to erase reality. Okay. Um, yeah. Does okay. that help?
1: That does. That's and that so all? that helps set the framework for uh, this message. Cause I'd love a second opinion. Okay. Okay.
0: Hi, hey, doctor. I have a question about forbidden fantasy and should it be carried out um, within the marriage due to conflict of faith values or the conflict of the marriage, cousin, such as same sex acts, or bring it in individually? How would the couple approach these types of fantasies? and can, without actually telling them, be used for positive intimate errors all the while learning not to judge each other or themselves for having these fantasies. Thanks.
1: So the, the basic premise is, what do I do with some of these fantasies I've got that are just not politically correct, not in yeah. line with faith, culture, or religious connotations?
2: Yeah. So um so some of it is we've got to get away from the language like politically correct or even faith connotations and okay. say okay what is the purpose of our sexuality? Uh, now I am coming from a faith perspective. Right. And I believe that God created our sexuality and sexual intimacy to be the celebration of a covenant promise. I completely agree. Yep, completely okay? agree with that. And as we celebrate the purpose, even in our bodies, the kind of chemicals that are released, like oxytocin and vasopressin, uh, are bonding us to somebody. And it's helping you weather the storms of marriage, even biochemically. And so the whole purpose is intimacy. Intimacy is between two people who have made a promise together Mm -hmm. to protect each other, to love each other. Whenever you bring any kind of third party into that, whether it's in the flesh or on a DVD or computer, or if it's in your mind, you essentially now are not working towards intimacy. Okay. You're, you're working towards achieving some sort of sexual high. Um, and the, the lady that left this message used the word forbidden fantasy. And one of the reasons that our forbidden fantasies lead to a sexual high is because they release different kinds of hormones in our brain. Right. Um, They release adrenaline, dopamine uh, hormone that we call PEA that gives you an ecstatic high experience, but it actually works against the kind of bonding you want to be doing in your marriage. Um, So we can talk about this not being politically correct. We can talk about where it says this in the Bible. But even if we stay with our biology of what builds a healthy marriage and healthy sex life, Bringing anyone else into your relationship, even through fantasy, undermines trust, okay. and it's releasing different chemicals in your body than if you were just focusing on each other. Um, so that that's one piece of it. Yeah, okay, here's what I. Yeah, I don't know if you want to keep going or ask another question. Now, there.
1: so so I'm I'm curious because there is the flip side of this almost of sh- the, the ability of myself to even share my fantasies with my spouse. To to reveal the darkness of them, if you will, does foster some intimacy, but also can be really frightening.
2: Yeah. So now here's there's a difference between a fantasy that I have that comes from somewhere Mm -hmm. and revealing that. Like this is something that I just struggle with, or here's where my mind tends to go when I think about sex or we're intimate. Mm Mm-hmm. And celebrating that fantasy and actualizing it. So when a couple says, "Okay, well, let's use that as fodder in our sex play. Let's pretend that this guy is actually here and we're doing this or that," then you're starting to celebrate something right. that is undercutting intimacy. Right.
1: That, then you've kind of you've you've made it a little more real. Because- not only
2: that, but you're 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 not. Like I love the way Linda Dillo uh, has ministered with me over the years, and she says this, and I go back to it all the time. I can't control the thoughts that come in my mind, but I can control the thoughts that stay there. Okay. So we can't, we can't control what we dream about. Exactly. We can't control what thoughts we think when we're being intimate with our spouse. But we have a choice to either say, I'm going to keep that in my mind, and I'm going to dwell on it. Or I'm going to say, you, I don't want that. You know, I want to focus on the here and now. I want to develop fantasies with my spouse that just involve me and him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to have fun together. Uh, and so, in that place, it's it's self discipline to say I want to work towards real intimacy.
1: Right, right. Because then then you're steering it. That recognizing these are aspects and components. Of, of life here on earth and life in mm-hmm. relationship and life with baggage and trauma and history. Right. But what I choose to do with all of that is what really matters.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So let's not ignore it. Right. You know, let's call it what it is mm-hmm. and deal with it and, um, you know, be honest with one another, but let's not celebrate it and foster it.
1: Okay. And yeah, cause I think that's the difference that I like with your, that you're delineating of, acknowledging it is 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 a good healthy step of like yeah this mm-hmm. is something that that i that that sparks something in me and i'm wondering where that is and be in the courage because i think this is very courageous to start to explore this as people do this to mm-hmm. the courage it takes to where could this come from what could this mean yeah. you know is is it tied to something way back or is it just kind of a yeah this is kind of the wiring that i've been conditioned and have and all right, but what do I do with that? That's what really matters. That's where the rubber meets the road.
2: Yeah, and I don't know if you're aware of a a book that just came out in the last month or two by Jay Stringer called Unwanted. Um, No. It's a really great book essentially looking at, I think the subtitle, or at least the theme of it is, is How Our Fantasies Reveal Our Wounds. Okay. Um, And um, Jay was trained under Dan Allender uh, and has done a lot of research on the kind of fantasies that we have, particularly when it leads to, you know, things like pornography addiction or sexual addiction, that actually looking at what we think about and what we're drawn towards can be clues to places that we need to really explore healing in our lives. So, um, you know, that book kind of goes even a step deeper than what we're talking about, but it's the whole idea that this is a part of me. Where did it come from? Right. And intimacy means not hiding that. It means being honest with it, and really pursuing wholeness in it.
1: Right. Because that's what's that's the scary thing, right, Julie? Is yeah. is if I'm going to reveal parts of me, what is my partner going to do with that? You know, is that yeah? Because yeah, there's there's the possibility it freaks them out. Right. Sure, it does. <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean, and you've got to use discernment. You yep. know, I would never tell somebody. Hey, just sit your partner down one day and just oh. tell them everything. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> right. there's trust just right out the window. Right. I mean, are you thinking about her now? And what are you thinking about now? And right. so, yeah, um, particularly as you go towards healing, you know, having a counselor help you right. work through some of this and use discernment about how and when to share. Um, it's really important.
1: Right. Absolutely. Well, Julie, thank you very much for being willing to spend some time with sexy Imagination. Um, tell Tell them how they can find more of you because you've got a lot of really good resources and and uh, frameworks that can really help a lot of people. So how, how do they find more?
2: Sure. Yeah. My website is AuthenticIntimacy.com. And uh, I have a podcast called Java with Julie that is similar to yours mm-hmm. in terms of the kind of conversations we're having.
1: Well, Julie, thank you very much. And blessings you. on your work. and. I can't wait till we cross paths again.
2: Yeah, sounds great. Thanks so much for the opportunity.
0: So to hear more from Dr. Allen and the discussion with Dr. Slattery, you can get that by joining the Sexy Marriage Radio Academy.
1: Yep, that's, a, that's a, that'll be in the extended version. And it was a great conversation where we kind of even uh, geeked out in the, as therapists, if you will. Well, this has been an interesting show Yeah. because this is one of those that... A lot deeper on some, the content some tough topics that we've been doing and a lot uh, of uh, I mean if you're talking about attraction and fantasy and some of those things that there's no real clear-cut answers Uh
0: uh-uh, no <laughs>
1: these things. Uh-uh,
0: it's kind of like the thumbprints so you know you everybody's individual no <laughs> two are the same
1: <laughs> that's true but but I think there's still some concepts that are at play yeah. that are worth noting on what's my role in it? What's my responsibility? How am I living and earning my own self-respect? I love that phraseology mm-hmm. because if I've earned my self-respect, it's very, more, it's very likely then the people I live with know more what they're up against and what they have to choose to be with and what their choices are.
0: Well, it's more stable. More stable to live with that.
1: It is. Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. Thank you for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. Uh, If you missed part of this and the academy, uh, in the extended version, then join the academy. How about I flip those so they make sense? Okay. Also, we'd love to hear from you. 214 702 9565. Wherever you are, whatever you've been doing, thanks for taking some time out of your day to spend it with us. See you next time.